1: hair tonic and cremel shampoo present the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson and Tom Conway as Sherlock Holmes. Now, here we are once more in Dr. Watson's study. Maybe we're not glad to get here. We hadn't had a Sherlock Holmes story waiting for us. At the other end, we'd have never ventured out on a night like this. Uh, pretty bad weather out, eh, Mr. Bell? Indeed it is, Dr. Watson. There's a cold wind that chills you to the bone. I had one hand holding my coat collar and the other holding my hat all the way over. I felt as though some malignant deity were determined to keep me from reaching your door. You hear that wind? Hmm. Reminds me of what I just escaped from.
2: Oh, it's typical Edinburgh weather, Mr. Bell. Perhaps you've heard that there's no language richer in terms of reproach against the howling wind than the Scots, darling. Snell, bligh, nearly scouthering, to mention just a handful. All of them words that carry a shiver with them. Yes, as Stevenson so aptly puts it, Edinburgh pays cruelly for our high seat and commanding views in one of the vilest climates under heaven. She's liable to be beaten upon by all the winds that blow to be drenched with rain, to be buried in cold sea fogs out of the east, and powdered with the snow as it comes flying southward from the highland hills. The weather is raw and boisterous in winter, shifty and ungenial in summer, and a downright purgatory in the spring.
1: Sounds like a pretty unattractive place, Dr. White. Oh, there, you're entirely wrong, Mr. Bell.
2: Nowhere will you find such stark magnificence, such grim beauty. Edinburgh, the great granite sphinx of the north, crouching high on a towering rock, looking across the intervening plains to the waters of the Forth and to the North Sea. Fascinating, regal, splendid, and cruel. Yes, I think this is just the night to tell the story of the haunted bagpipes, one of the weirdest and most gruesome adventures that Holmes and I ever shared. The setting was Edinburgh, and the motivating character, Professor
1: Moriarty. Professor Moriarty, the man Holmes called the Napoleon of crime. Exactly. I wondered when we were going to have another of your famous bouts with Professor Moriarty. They're always pretty hair-raising. Yes, and I think I can safely promise you that this is the most hair-raising of the lot. In
2: fact, it's so unbelievably macabre and gruesome... that I've never told it to any but to my closest friends... those who know that I'm a truthful man. In fact, sometimes, in the sane light of day... I doubt myself that this adventure really happened. But a night like this brings it all back to me in all its horror. Yes, Mr. Bell, on a night like this we realize that anything is possible.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, before Dr. Watson begins his story, men, I have a friend who used to comb his hair with water. After the water dried, his hair would get out of place and he didn't look neatly groomed. Well, I ran into him last Saturday, and he said he'd heard me talking about Cremel hair tonic and decided to try it. You should see the big improvement Cremel made in his appearance. Why, he looked like a different man. You see, Cremel contains a special combination of hair grooming ingredients, which is found in no other hair tonic. That's why it keeps every hair in place all day, just as you combed it in the morning. Cremel gives hair a healthy-looking luster, too yet it never leaves hair feeling greasy or dirty like some of those sticky preparations you want to wash right out. Kremel always feels and looks so clean on your hair and scalp. It always gives hair such a clean-cut, prosperous appearance. Why not try it? Spelled K-R-E-M-L, Kremel Hair Tonic. Now, Dr. Watson, won't you please go on with the story? The shivers run up and down my spine in anticipation.
2: Well, I certainly will. As I look back on that particular visit to Edinburgh... It seems that a cold fear settled into the very marrow of my bones from the moment we got off the train late one winter afternoon and caught our first glimpse of Edinburgh Castle rising bleak and menacing out of a cloud of fog and rain.
3: There it is, Watson, in all its austere majesty, Edinburgh Castle.
2: <laughs> nice, impressive pile of stone. Nice and grim. No grimmer than
3: its history, Watson, Watson part castle, part fortress, part prison. Wars have been plotted there. Dancing has lasted deep into the night. Murder has been done in its chamber. Oh,
2: oh, this is no time to stand here chatting. Let's get out in in this
3: confounded rain. Rain, Watson? You are getting soft. This isn't rain, it's just a good
2: scotch mist. Mist, my my grandmother. I'm soaked to the skin and my teeth are chattering like castanets. Thank heaven the town has a... There's a few modern hotels, a nice hot toddy at the
3: Royal, eh? I'm sorry to disappoint you, Watson, but this is not a pleasure trip. We must uh, forego the luxuries of Princess Street and take up our quarters in the old town.
2: The old town? Holmes, you mean that we're going to live in one of those crumbling greystone houses all huddled together on the slope leading up to the castle? Exactly. Why, they're nothing but tenements.
3: Those lands, as they are called, once housed the flower of the Scottish nobility. In the old days... This was a walled city, and space was at a premium. That is why those crazy buildings tower eight and ten stories into the yes, air.
2: the days of the nobility are over. Those tenements are full of goodness knows what.
3: True. What
2: more suitable dwelling place
3: could one imagine for our friend, Professor Moriarty? Professor Moriarty? Quite. You may have noticed, Watson, that London has been singularly free from crime during the last few months. And for a very good reason... Professor Moriarty was not in residence.
2: Oh, you mean that you think we've succeeded in driving him out?
3: No, Watson. Let us not underrate the professor. He is not in London because he has business elsewhere. But where? I confess I was in complete ignorance until the day before yesterday morning... ...when I received a telegram informing me... ...that one of Moriarty's chief assistants had been seen prowling through the graves at Greyfriars. Then I remembered that Professor Moriarty has a particular reason for hating Edinburgh. He's not a man to forget his grudges, Watson... The question is, shall we be in time to prevent his revenge? But here, get into this cab before you catch pneumonia.
2: Professor Moriarty in Edinburgh. Huh. I thought the place looked even more forbidding than usual.
3: Oh, Cappy, let us out in front of St. Giles.
2: All okay. right. Why, St. Giles? You're not going in for sightseeing this time of day? No, Watson. We must go from there on by foot, I'm afraid. By foot in this weather? The but... gutters are fairly running with muddy oh, water. Uh... No one asked you to walk in the gutters, Watson. Here you be. St. Giles.
3: So it is. Come along, Watson. Oh, gracious me, in this rain. I say, Cabby, where's Hangman's Lane from here? Lush, you'll no know be going there. Why not? It's where we hope to spend the night. Is an unchancy spot, gentlemen. You'll never no find me going up Hangman's Lane after dark. As bad as that, huh? I'll no stand here argling with you. It's the first land back of the kirk, if you must go. Thanks. Here, drink to our health. Uh-huh. hoon, There you stand, two fine upstanding gentlemen, hale and hearty, with a black shadow of death looking over your shoulder.
2: Ah, well. Then I say I didn't warn you.
3: Come along, Beatrice.
2: Hmm. Cheerful individual. Holmes, what do you say? Let's go back and spend the night at a good hotel. We can't possibly find any lodgings in a place like Hangman's Lane.
3: But we shall, Watson. We shall. They're expecting us. Come along. What do you mean, they're expecting us? I mean the owner of most of the tenements in Hangman's Lane has arranged that we should be taken care of. He's uh, most anxious to have us inspect his property.
2: Well, well, I don't see what that has to do with our search for Professor Moriarty.
3: Whenever anything curious and inexplicable happens in the Professor's neighbourhood, the chances are he's mixed up in it. Ah, here's Hangman's Lane. Narrow, steep little byway, eh, Watson?
2: I don't like it, Holmes. No lights in any of the windows? Usually these tall houses are overrun with inhabitants. Several flam- families to, to a floor. Look, look, the buildings in the street look positively deserted.
3: They are deserted, Watson. That's the most interesting part of it. Oh, really? One particular house hasn't been opened for several hundred years. But during the last month, the rest of the tenements have been vacated too. Their inhabitants have fled from them like rats from a sinking ship. The rents have been lowered to the vanishing point and still there are no takers. The people hereabouts seem to think the whole street is haunted.
2: Oh, uh, uh, couldn't, couldn't we come up here and look the place over in the daytime, Holmes? Look, already the, the light's beginning to fade.
3: Unfortunately, Watson, the phenomena we're going to investigate occur only at night.
2: Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear,
3: Ah, here's the house, let us say. There should be a bell somewhere. Yes.
2: Well, perhaps there isn't anyone to let us in.
3: I think there will be, Watson. Yes, I hear footsteps. Oh, be here? Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson.
4: Oh, the Lord be thank it. One moment, gentlemen, I'll unbar the door. Oh, be pleased to enter. Go ahead, Watson.
2: Good Lord, it's dark in here.
4: And if you'll kindly step this way. There's a bra blazer burning and candles lit in the back parlor. Oh, I, oh, I say. Go canny, oh. gentlemen. This corridor is not so smooth as once it was. Yeah,
2: so I discovered.
4: Yeah. This is the place. Please enter. Oh, well, this is more like it, eh, Holmes? What a magnificent
2: old room. Just look at that far place.
4: Aye, for once a blight bit this old hoose full of lords and their ladies, they say. But here, gentlemen, will you be standing in front of the fire and drying your bricks?
3: Not a bad idea. We're pretty wet. Any hey, Watson. <clears throat> oh, wet?
4: There's a branny on the shell of your what now we drop it. A tasty cockley pie in the pot. I know. You'll forgive me. I'm on shank my cell away. I'm
3: going so soon. But uh, we've just arrived.
4: Oh, Mr. Holmes. I dare not stay after sundown. I'm late to let you alone, but I dare not stay. In a fashion cell. I'll return them on early.
3: But what is there to be afraid of?
4: The neighbors. Neighbors? Aye, the neighbors in the old hurley host, other side of this wall.
3: But no one has lived in that house next door for years.
4: Not humans, no. No living man has crossed the doorstain this hundred year. But there'll be others. Bogle's. You can hear the rattle, of their are going and coming every night through the war.
3: Have you ever heard these ghosts, or bogles, as you call them?
4: No, I certainly have not. I will not stay at the sundown. But the bogles, there's no the worst of it. Really? Aye. At times you can hear the sound of doodling.
3: Sound of bagpipes, eh?
4: Aye. And that's when they be entertaining old horny yourself. cell.
3: The devil himself? Aye. Hmm. The ghosts next door move in very high society, eh, Watson? Ah! What, 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 what was that? Just the wind in the chimney. You could
4: have swore with the
3: devil's tool, sucker. No, I don't think so.
4: Well, I'll not be waiting to find out. When the skirling begins, this is the host. It's settled, that could wish a dirge. Good night, gentlemen, and God
2: you. Oh, say. Seems She was frightened, all right. I wish that chimney would stop moaning. But those two legends...
3: The house next door, the haunted bagpipes. they famous Edinburgh superstitions. I'd like to hear more about them.
2: Well, I've heard more than I want to already. Confound that chimney!
3: That building next door is one of the so-called fatal houses. Fatal houses? Houses marked generations ago by the Great Plague. Discipline in the time of pestilence was sharp and sudden. The houses having the disease were marked by a large cross. No one dared enter or leave. Furniture was destroyed and houses sealed up. In those houses, of which one or two still remain, the plague is supposed to lie ambushed like a basilisk, ready to escape and spread sickness and death through the city once the doors are
2: open. Oh, but that's ridiculous, Holmes. Oh, ridiculous. Germs can't sustain themselves like that. Oh, at least we've no medical evidence that they can.
4: Oh,
2: wish we'd gone to
3: the other legend is not quite so gruesome.
2: Well, I'm delighted to hear...
3: It's about a secret passage that is supposed to have existed in the time of Mary, Queen of Scots... Uh, between Edinburgh Castle and Holyrood Palace, which uh, lies at the other end of the town. About a century and a half ago, a piper made a bet that he could walk the length of it. He started at the castle, piping merrily. The crowds were able to follow him through the streets above by the sound of the skirling. Everything was going smoothly. They followed the sound down from the castle along the top of the hill... Just about here, the piping stopped suddenly in the middle of a note. And that was the last that was
2: ever heard of the piper. Noxious gas, most probably. Uh, some say the devil
3: was so captivated by his playing that he carried him off to hell.
2: Well, what it? as long as he stays there and doesn't go about waking up the neighbours. Uh, but that's just what he has been doing for the last month or so. Oh, nonsense. It's just a, a noisy chimney like this one. Why should a ghost who's kept quiet for over a hundred years... Suddenly decide to return and annoy people. That,
3: my dear Watson, is what I'm anxious to find out. Holmes, Holmes, do you hear that? By Jove! Then it's more than just a superstition. Holmes, it's a, it's a piper, the devil's bagpiper. He's playing in the house next door. Splendid. So well, what are we will do? Want me to inform the authorities and have them put the devil in jail? No, Watson, I have a better plan. I suggest we go over and call on the old gentleman himself.
1: In just a moment, we'll find out what Sherlock Holmes discovers in the mysterious house next door. Men, if you're wise, you'll start right away and take better care of the hair you've got. Remember, handsome, healthy-looking hair needs a hygienic scalp. So why be content with just any hairdressing when you can enjoy the extra advantages of Cremel hair tonic? This highly specialized hair tonic goes in for modern, natural-looking hair grooming. It keeps hair perfectly groomed all day long, looking so neat and attractive, yet never gives hair that cheap, greasy, patent leather look. But Cremel does lots more than keep hair looking handsome. Cremel is simply great to lubricate a dry scalp. And at the same time, it removes dandruff flakes and leaves the scalp feeling so alive and tingling. And if your hair breaks off and falls when you comb it because it's so dry, use Cremel, which actually helps condition hair in that it leaves it feeling so much softer and more pliable. And since Cremel is never sticky or gummy and because it's such a nice, clean product, you can use it every day and your hair will always look its very best. Buy a bottle of Kremel at any drug counter. Ask for an application at your barber shop. K R E M L Kremel hair tonic. Now, Doctor Watson, what about the ghostly bagpiper? Did Holmes ever? No, no, really...
2: no, not so fast, Mister Bell. Holmes insisted that we investigate the house next door at once, and I must admit that it was with some misgivings. I followed him into the street.
3: Come along, Watson. Oh, another little bit of local superstition I forgot to mention. They say that the corpses of people who died here of the plague sometimes come to life and wander about the house. Holmes, I should not talk like that. Oh, this, this sleet's cutting into my face like a knife. Well, here's the doorway. I'll find out if the key still works.
2: Yes, it looks more like a crowbar than a key. I only hope the lock
3: isn't too rusty. Hm. Won't budge. Thank heaven. Let's go back. Oh, give me that oil can. Perhaps a few drops of oil. Huh. There you are. Ah, <clears throat> confound this lock. No good trying to break the door in. It's as solid as you brought her. A
2: good deal more solid than the house itself, judging by that long crack over the archway up there.
3: Hmm, yes, that is a crack. The building is settling, Watson. That crack... Hello, I've turned the key. Lock's decided to work. Ah, the door sticks now. Hinges rusty. Come on, Watson, get your back into it. Uh, it's, it's moving, Holmes. Yes, so is that crack. Hurry, help me close the door before the archway falls on us.
2: Huh. Isn't it quiet? Can't even hear the wind. Smells like a tomb.
3: Yes, but there's something else something unhealthy. Like a disease I smelt once in the tropics. Well, you don't think it's true that the plague is still uh... Nonsense. You yourself said it wasn't possible. Better light that dark lantern we brought along.
2: Yes, indeed. I hate pumping about in the dark.
4: Uh,
2: I can't say that it's much more cheerful in the light. Look at those great dirty cobwebs. That old tapestry hanging in shreds.
3: Yes, nothing has been moved since the plague first touched the house. Look there in that room. That old oak table set for a meal. One of the goblets overturned.
2: Gives me the creeps up and down my spine.
3: Nothing else of interest here. Let's get on to the next room.
2: How hollow are our footsteps sound.
3: Yes. This must have been the living room of the house. Ashes of a bygone fire still on the hearth.
2: Holmes. Holmes. Look. There's some people seated in those chairs over there. Nonsense. Give me the lantern.
3: Jove, I think you're right. That smells stronger in here. We'll soon find out. Watson, hold the lantern. Holmes, it's a body. A naked body. A corpse, Watson. A cadaver. Holmes, don't touch it. For the love
2: of heaven, don't touch it. Why, Watson? Can't you see? The swollen eyes, the the froth of the mouth, the flesh turned black. I've never seen it before, but those are the symptoms, Holmes. That's the Black Plague. What? That's not possible. That's crazy. That's crazy.
3: Here, look, let me look at the other chairs. Yes, you're an old man and you're a woman. All victims of the
2: Black Death. Holmes, these are the bodies of people who died in this house centuries ago of the plague. But they're not decayed. It's not possible. We must be going mad.
3: Tell me quick, Watson. Did women do their hair with fringes at the time of the last plague? Fringes? Now I know that we're crazy. Quiet, Watson. Do you hear that? It's the devil coming with his piper. He's going to make him dance. The old woman was right. The house does vibrate to the sound of those pipes. He's coming, Holmes. He's coming. Good evening,
5: gentlemen. Dear me, if it isn't our friend Professor Moriarty, I uh, had no idea you were a musician. You admire my piping, eh? Yes, I wondered how long it would take you to find me. Allow me to congratulate you, Mr. Holmes. You're very prompt. Most flattering, Professor. But I assure you, it was simplicity itself.
3: You didn't think I'd overlook anything as obvious as a sealed house and the haunted bagpiper who so conveniently came back to life in the past month?
5: Yes, I might have known my little ruse to get rid of my superstitious neighbors wouldn't keep Sherlock Holmes away. Perhaps it's just as well. You've been getting in my way quite a bit lately, Mr. Holmes. I shall have to continue my experiments begun on these three poor devils. On yourself and Dr. Watson. You
2: mean the plague? You're going to give us the black plague?
5: I really must try my serum on two healthy specimens before I pronounce it perfect. After all, these three, an old beggar, a thief dying of starvation, and a woman of ill repute, they could hardly be expected to resist the disease. That's very interesting.
3: I was just assuring Dr. Watson that
5: these uh, corpses were quite recent because I was sure that women didn't wear fringes during the last pestilence. Mm. And Dr. Watson was afraid they might be victims of the original plague. (laughs) But in a sense, he's right. The victims are recent. But they were killed by the germs of the original Black Death. (laughs) Uh, Most amusing, isn't it? Fascinating. Fascinating. Tell me, how did you discover those germs? They were in this house. I found a nice little culture of them in a glass of calves Foot Jelly, which was on the table in the front room. How they ever survived as long as this, I can't imagine. Uh, but here, gentlemen, come into my laboratory. I want to show you what I've done with them.
2: Oh What shall we do? The Black Plague. It's a terrible thing. The man's mad. Humane, Watson.
3: Humane.
5: Here we are, gentlemen. Quite a nice, modern little outlay for such an ancient house. Uh... Yes, it is an ancient house, Professor. But here, uh, this little test tube, it contains enough of the Black Plague to wipe out the entire city of Edinburgh. Mm. Yes, I rather thought that was your purpose. You've never forgotten how
3: they drove you out at the time of the Burke and Hare scandal. You know about that? Quite. Your name wasn't Moriarty then, huh? What of it? You were Dr. Knox's young assistant at the time. Together, you were carrying on some exciting experiments. Yes,
5: Mr. Holmes. Experiments that might have saved the world a great deal of suffering. But you were short of cadavers.
3: It wasn't you, by any chance, who suggested to Burke and Hare, those two body snatchers, that a body did not have to be legally dead to be acceptable. Well, what if I did?
5: They only killed the refuse of the city. Beggars, scum. Quite. But they met the hangman nonetheless. I, the fool's... What price the death of a few when we might have discovered a cure that would have saved all humanity? Humanity. Bah! I hate it. Ever since then, I'd sworn I'd get revenge on humanity. And the law-abiding citizens of Edinburgh in particular. And now, the time has come. Tomorrow, the contents of this test tube will spread destruction throughout the city. But in the meantime... You, Mr. Holmes, and you, Dr. Watson, you know too much. You shall be the first of the law-abiding citizens to feel the prick of my little needle. Just a moment till I prepare my instrument.
2: Stop him, Holmes!
3: Stop him! Do not
5: move, gentlemen. One drop out of this test tube, even in its present state, is enough to cause dead.
3: I quite agree, by the way, Professor Moriarty, while you are preparing your solution, you uh, have no objections if I play a tune on your bagpipes? I used to be rather good at them in my younger
5: days. Not at all, if it'll amuse you. Quite. Right. Watson, stand here beside me against this wall. No, no, quite.
2: Don't so. Holmes, the house, it's vibrating. I can feel the wall quiver. That's the note that does it. Hold on there. You're shaking the house. The foundations. I can hear them cracking. Look out, man. You'll bring the house down. Oh, that's what we intend to do. The walls. I've got to get out of here. We can't be. The front door's blocked. The secret passage in the basement. If I can reach in time. Entire... Holmes, he's dropped the test
3: tube. It's spreading across the floor. Watson, step back into the fireplace. Hurry. <laughs>
2: Mr. Bell, Holmes played that note on the bagpipes until the house crashed in upon itself. But, Dr. Watson, weren't you killed? (laughs) Not quite, Mr. Bell, no, no. Holmes had deduced from that crack above the front door that the house was weak, and he also guessed which way it would fall if it did cave in. The wall that we were standing against and the fireplace alone were left standing. If you've seen any ruined castles, Mr. Bell, you'll notice how frequently that seems to happen.
1: And Professor Moriarty, did he escape?
2: Unfortunately, he did, Mr. Bell. Through the secret passage in the basement which he had mentioned.
1: But the black plague and those corpses, what did you do about that?
2: We left them where they were. No use informing the authorities. They wouldn't have believed us. And besides, it would have been too dangerous to go poking about in the ruins. No home simply poured the spirits from our lantern on the old rafters and started a fire. The wood was as dry as tinder, and there was quite a blaze. And fire, Mr. Bell, is a great purifier
1: and so you prevented an outbreak of the Black Death. Hmm. That's a gruesome story. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Watson will return in just a moment to tell us something about the thrilling Sherlock Holmes mystery he has for us next Monday night. Ladies, those beautiful Powers models whose photographs you see in magazines always have to keep their hair shining bright with dazzling highlights. Now, here's how they do it. Powers models were among the very first to discover how cremel shampoo brings out all the natural sparkling luster of each tiny strand of hair. How it keeps hair simply radiant for days. Yes, and those lovely Powers models told me that no other shampoo gives their hair more natural, glossy luster. It never dries the hair or makes it brittle.
4: Well, that's because Cremel
1: shampoo has such a beneficial oil base. It actually helps hair, and it keeps the hair from becoming dry. Then, ladies, why not take a tip from Beauty Wise Powers models? See how easy it is to glamour bathe your hair to a vision of tantalizing beauty. Buy a bottle of Kreml shampoo at any drug counter. K-R-E-M-L, Kreml shampoo. Now, Dr. Watson, what about next week?
2: Well, now, let me see. I wonder... Next week... Next week, I think I'll tell you the story of an experience that Sherlock Holmes and I had with something I was convinced was an invention of the devil... I call it the invention of the adventure, rather,
1: of the horseless carriage. Horseless carriage? You mean one of the early automobiles? One of the very earliest, Mr. Bell. Holmes was called in to protect
2: the inventor and in the end had to solve the mystery of his murder. Mm.
1: Sherlock Holmes adventure was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Final Problem. Nigel Bruce appeared by permission of California Pictures. Tom Conway through the courtesy of Eagle Lion Pictures. The Sherlock Holmes series is produced by Tom McKnight with original music composed and conducted by Alex Steinert. This is Joseph Bell speaking for Kremel Hair Tonic and Kremel Shampoo, inviting you to be with us next week at the same time Dr. Watson will tell us about the adventure of the horseless carriage. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.